What's going on, guys? Welcome to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Action Movie Anatomy here on a Wednesday afternoon. Though it's not actually Wednesday afternoon because this is a pre-tape. I'm in Dallas right now, but I'm also here right now, so we had to pre-tape. We're going to talk about the brand new Tom Cruise film, American Freaking Made. We've been talking about this movie for two years waiting, and it's finally here. Hang out with us, guys. We're going to break it down for you. We'll see you in just one second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now... Here's Popcorn Talk's action movie anatomy. Boom! Yes! <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm going to listen to this whole song. Just the whole thing. Just right the now. whole thing. We're just going to put a pause on the episode for three and a half minutes. I know all of the words to this song. Do not say them. Get <laughs> myself in some trouble if I did that. Uh, what's up, guys? Welcome. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn yeah. Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies, pop culture by the bucketful. I'm Ben Bateman, Sandra Guy. We're here to talk movies with you guys. Uh, if you want to follow along in the conversation, you can find me at Ben Bateman Media, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you guys can find me at Andrew Guy on Instagram and Twitter. You can find the podcast at AMA Podcast. And we also have a couple of great fan pages on Facebook. There's the Action Army fan page and the Action Movie Anatomy fan page, which is designed specifically for this show. So go find those on Facebook. Yeah. I'm curious how many people are, like, where the crossover ends. I really want to know. I feel like it's probably, like, a couple few hundred, but I don't think it's, like... No, I don't think it's like 75% of them or anything. I have to think most of the people in the two groups are the same people. There's a good amount, but yeah. I, I really think it's it's starting to, to spread a lot because like... Action Army is a different audience. Yeah, and like the people that watch AMA, not all of them watch the Schmodown. Right. You know? And so you, you'd see that with the interaction. Point is, we love <laughs> we interacting love every with you guys. Person, yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Um, and it's... it's we only started it like a couple months ago, and it's just yeah. been incredible. Yeah, I mean, Action Army has been like a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's almost 700 people. Uh, dude, I can't. I was shocked when you said it. Two years. We we actually yeah. have been waiting for this for two years. Cruises back in theaters. I was sitting in the theater last night. We had to see this movie, by the way, guys, because it's uh, we're taping this on Friday. Yeah, you're watching this on Wednesday, and American Made officially dropped on Thursday before we taped this on Friday. So we saw an 11 p.m. screening last night. Yeah, and uh, it was crazy. Like sitting there, just. You know, because this is a pretty good movie. I yeah. enjoyed this movie. I thought it was, like, pretty above average. I liked a lot of parts of it. Cruz was finally being, like, a sweet Cruz character, which he hadn't done in a little while. Yep. Not in a crappy sequel or something. Yes. And uh, I was just like, look, I was like, it makes me so happy to know I'm never going to miss a Cruz movie in theaters again. I know. You said that last night, and I was like, yeah, because, I mean... Ideally, in this world, we'll, we'll probably outlive him because yeah. we're quite a bit younger than him. And to see the rest of his career and, like, there's so much to look forward in his career. You and I always talk about how awesome it'll be when he gets to be, like, that grizzled old man cruise, like like uh, Jackman in Logan. Right. Like, if he got to do something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or even when he gets to, like, the Newman and Color of Money level. Yeah. God. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. The movie was so fun and... I keep saying it kind of reminded me a little bit like a music video. Yeah. But not in a bad way. Right. Because sometimes you watch movies that are like music videos and, you, and it takes you out of it. Right. Whereas this was just like, it's just, I'm surprised this movie wasn't released in earlier in the summer. Because it yeah. felt like a summer blockbuster totally. fun. Yeah, it really did. It's weird that it was a fall movie. Um, and I guess it's just because of The Mummy was the reason. Yeah, probably that. And also just like, I don't think this movie would have competed well against yeah. the big blockbusters. Blockbusters. It's just funny, because, like, in the old days, this is totally the kind of movie Cruz would do that would have been a big release. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's, you know, it's, like, not... It didn't need to be a superhero movie back in the day to compete as a summer movie. If Cruz was just, like, in a movie like this, it would have been a big summer release. So, Mm -hmm. um... Anyway, guys, it's Action Movie Anatomy here. We talk about action movies on this show. We understand this is not necessarily an action movie. It's really more of a drama. Um, but nonetheless, guys, the action movies we usually cover on the show have four basic rules. Those four rules are the hero always plays by their own rules... 
Yeah, I think Barry Seal plays by his own rules. Yeah, it's interesting. Like he's been put in a position where he has to follow the rules of the government, but inside of that, he plays by right. his own. Rule number two: the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, things, dinosaurs, whatever in the room. Is Gleason the bad guy, or because like if you have to find a bad guy, it can't just be the cartel. It can't just be drugs. Yeah, it I don't know. Be... It's I mean Barry's like. His, he, is he the bad guy? He's like his own villain. Yeah, he uh, really is. I and I think if you have to put it on someone that isn't the hero, I think Dom Hall Gleason is the other guy because it's one of those things that's just doing my job. And you see at the end of the movie he gets promoted. Right. And Barry dies. Yeah. Know, spoiler alert. You know, <laughs> it's like um but it, I don't know if Barry's the smartest guy in the room. All I don't the time. think so. He he kind of feels like he's the dumbest guy in the room who like made the most of his situation. Right. Like that moment with the caddies is yeah. cool. That's like a smartest guy in the room moment. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of and he think and he also thinks he's getting away with it, but he doesn't really get away with it. He walks out of there and he gets thrown into like another shitty situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rule number three: the movie is driven by a police, military, political, or mercenary figure. Is he a mercenary? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's hired by the government. I mean, he technically works for the CIA. The IAC. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. Uh, Yeah, right? Yeah, I think so. Is there an explosion? (laughs) There actually might not be. It feels like there's an explosion. Like a plane? Yeah, like a plane blowing up. When he lands it? That doesn't blow up, though. There's got to be an explosion there somewhere. Maybe there's not. There might not be, but I was thinking about this last night when we were watching it, that it doesn't really follow the rules to our show, and it isn't really an action movie, and it's like, should we really be doing this? But we talk about it all the time, and it's like the feeling while you're watching it, and it definitely feels uh, like a Cruise action movie. If Tom Cruise did a straight-up drama. Like, like a, a romantic a romantic, drama. Like a, he, if he like remade Chocolat, we would cover it on the show. It's chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> we would cover it on the show. Yeah. There's no question. Because it's Tom Cruise. And if this Tom Cruise movie comes out in theaters, we're doing on action movie anatomy period and it's an action movie yeah 100 (laughs) percent um so guys we're gonna get into the show a little bit coming up today on the show we've got all the games you know and love we've got thesis statement we've got fist pump moment we're gonna rank every single tom cruise movie after the couch jump comeback um (laughs) we are gonna talk a little bit about the the nature of cruise's co-stars his female Mm co-stars the uh the the cruise's transcendence of sexuality yes and uh then we're gonna we're gonna get into the thing so let's watch the trailer for american made before we get into thesis statement Good trailer. It's a fun trailer. This is the United States Drug Enforcement Agency. We are ordering you to land. All right, boys. Let's land. Easy. My name's Barry Seal. Oh. <laughs> That's for the damage. For your sister. <laughs> hey, little darling. And your bike. <laughs> Some of this shit really happened. You never saw me. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah. Top of your class in the Civil Air Patrol, pilot like you shouldn't be flying buses. Welcome to Miami. Welcome to Bakersfield. Haven't you ever wanted something more, Barry? You should be serving your country. You're CIA. Shh. Well, that Mr. and Mrs. Smith gets referenced like it's a movie that people should have seen or something. I know. I don't understand that. It's like a pretty bad movie. Yeah. And it was really more about the two people in it. Yeah, right. You are an airline pilot, Barry. That's how you support this family. This is gonna be good for us. Is this all legal? You trust me? No. We're expanding operations, Barry. I don't remember. I don't remember the Domino's recent dancing moment. Yeah, I don't either. 
Or her in the bathing suit. I know, I was... Uh, but I think that... In the backyard. There are bills blowing around everywhere. Uh, I'll clean up in the morning. The, 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 the bathing suit might have just been part of a montage. Guns, drugs, money laundering. Did y'all know the caddies have more trunk space than any other car? I'll get each and every one of you a caddy for your troubles. See, I'm gonna walk out of here. <laughs> there ain't a damn thing any one of you can do about it. He's free to go. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Boy should have taken a caddy. I was working for the CIA, the DEA, and Pablo Escobar. 1,500 kilos. That's 15. 1,500 kilos, barre. In one go. Get it done. Pablo, man. So it's good they renamed this American Made because yeah. Mina was not a good title. No, Mina was not a good title, and I think it would have been okay because of Narcos coming out. Like, because even then, it's like, oh yeah. yeah, Mina, I know that a little more because I watch Narcos. But yeah, American Made is much better. And then I remembered last night in the movie when they start talking about Mina, you're like, oh yeah, that was the title. Yeah, good thing they changed it. Yeah, well, because yeah. I can, if you like didn't know Narcos, you would have just seen this movie called Mina, and you would have been like, what is this? What is this? It also feels like. Mina feels, for some reason, like they're trying to be more artistic. For sure, and like dramatic almost. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good trailer. It's a lot of fun. It feels it feels a lot like the movie, yeah, watching that trailer. It you know? does. It, it, like, yeah. it, really, it really kind of embodies what the film is. And, and I mean, we love great movies, and you and I, I've been actually watching a lot of really depressing movies lately because yeah. I, I just missed a bunch of dramas from the last year. But it is really nice to go into a movie and kind of just, you get to turn your brain off. Right. And you didn't even get to do that for like, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It's yeah. not even the same type of turn your brain no, off, no. you know? This is, like, super simple. You're not looking for yeah. any, like, ex- like, expanded universe context. Like, you don't need to know anything going into it. It's, yeah, there's just so much of it that is true. Like, even, even like, Kingsman 2, you're trying to remember the things from the first movie. And, right. Uh, this one, it was just, like... But I almost... It's, it's like, sort of the... That's, like, a positive thing, but I also think it's kind of the film's detriment. So, let's get into thesis statement. Yeah. Uh, thesis statement, guys, is, is your big, your biggest, boldest, most uh, most definite thought about the movie. Uh, it's rooted in hyperbole, maybe. It's the greatest this, the only this, the first this. It should never be, this is my favorite something. It should always be, this is the thing. And um, watching this movie, it harkened back to a lot of the reviews from this film I had read. I read a lot of them because I love Tom Cruise. Um, <laughs> and one of the complaints that I saw really resonated with me and I decided to use it as my thesis statement and it's that um, in this film Tom Cruise has never looked as ageless as he does in this movie and I think it's to the movie's detriment and what I mean is that Tom Cruise like sort of in the role that he's playing, even when he's, like, aging, he looks like he's roughly, like, 46 the whole movie. Right. He, like, and he kind of looks like that when they were trying to dress him like he's 35, and he kind of looks like that when he's supposed to be 45. And she doesn't age at all. And he kind of <laughs> seems like he might be 55, because you know he's 55. Right, right, he, right. He sort of, his skin looks kind of, like, rubbery, not in an ugly way, but just, like, in this, there's moments in the movie when you're looking at him, and you're, like, you still look 35. Right. And even the way that he plays it, it's just all charm, it's all smile, it's all charisma, it's all Tom Cruise. There's very little depth to anything that he does in the movie. And he does a good job with it, but it's like, it almost like, by the end of the movie, I'm just like, man, I... I kind of don't really know how to watch you as anything other than just like Tom Cruise, the movie star anymore. Yeah. Like the, your old, your old thing you did for the 10 years prior, like when you were really going for awards and you were taking risks and being in these dramatic films, like that era of your career seems to be so completely over that even when you take on a role like this, that could have some depth, 
it just doesn't. Yeah, it did, it didn't have depth, and it was the same thing with the mummy, where it was a role, uh, it was a character that was supposed to be kind of confused and like figuring out life and cursed and all that. And Cruz just kind of it just fell flat. You yeah. know, like we we covered that on the show, and we really didn't didn't enjoy it. And it was it was really nice that this movie came out, so we got to cover two Cruise movies in a year and enjoy one of them. Yeah, it's just all I could all I could think about when it was over was like I had so much fun watching that. He was so good at what that thing he was doing was. Yeah, but also like. I never the stakes like I don't believe any of his relationships. I didn't believe the stakes. I didn't care. I like he could he dies at the end. Spoiler and like yeah. you just don't care. <laughs> totally, you don't care, and that's I love that you said that because that is literally my thesis. And my thesis is despite this being a movie, a true story, a biopic about a guy that was assassinated by hitmen that were hired by Pablo Escobar for trafficking drugs across the border. And you, like this is a very interesting story, and there's a lot that can be at stake in this. And like. There's just, even when he dies, I remember looking over and I was like, he's dead, right? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah. It's, I was like, that's just, it's just so weird. Like, they right. didn't give it enough. It's it's not like the No Country for Old Men when you come and Brolin's dead in the right. room. Yeah, and it right. feels effective. It's kind of one of those things like, did you just not want to do it? Yeah. You know? And so I think what my thesis is, is despite this being a film that is a biopic, is a true story based off of someone that was executed, um, it just, there's never any stakes. And I do enjoy it being kind of like, a music video, and I did say that it wasn't to its detriment, but I guess I, I kind of spoke too early. It is slightly to its detriment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's entertaining. It's pretty. It, it has, like, funny moments, um, but it also just doesn't stick with me. Yeah. It's also the kind of movie, though, that if it's on cable, it's such an easy formula yes. that I could see myself watching it again. For sure. I, I know that I'll watch this again when it is on cable. Yeah. Like, it's entertaining enough. Um, so let's get into fist pump moment, guys. The next part of the show, this is uh, the, the thing that happens in the movie. You look around, you're kind of like, are you seeing this right now? This yeah. is the best thing ever. Oh, my God, I get to watch the rest of this movie. And uh, <laughs> there are some good ones in this movie. There's a lot of fun ones. Yeah, because early on, the fist pump moments in this movie, there's a lot of the stuff we were talking about, a lot of the, like, ah, yeah, like, Cruz is back to being Cruz. Yes. And it's also like he's running drugs. Um, you, you and I were talking a little bit off camera about the... The moment when he's counting up the kilos, oh, how much yeah. money he's going to make. You know, that was really funny. Uh, I love when he says the line to his wife, uh, and she's like, well, that sounds made up, Barry. Yeah, 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 exactly. And they're all kind of fun. And, like, one of my fist pumps as well that isn't my true one is, uh, is like, when they come to the plane. Yeah. You see the plane for the first time, and he's, like, 300 miles an hour just sitting there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and then also, I think my real fist pump moment was when you told me that Cruz did all of his own flying. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that is my fist pump moment. I've decided that, because when you told me that, I was like, of course he did. God, yeah. he's awesome. You yeah, know, of course like, he did. Yes. You know, and then, and then you see it. Again, it's, you really don't realize it, because you watch movies for so long. Yeah. But it is incredible when you see the actor in a shot that has yeah. not been doctored. And it's him flying a plane, or him on a motorcycle, or like, him stunt driving downstairs. Like Swayze jumping out of the airplane at Point Break, yeah, and he's the only one that you see do it. Yeah, exactly. And it's just it makes it so much more effective. And I think, I mean, it's almost another thesis that like the fact that Cruz flies the plane makes it this character that much more effective. He's the only he's the only person that would do it. Well, he's also there's no other credited uh, stunt flyers on the film. Yeah, he's yeah, the only it, one. <laughs> it was like when Simon Pegg got in the car early on uh, Mission Impossible Five, right? five, and he was like, so uh, you know, who's driving? He's like, well, Tom is. He's like, no, no, I know, but who's the who's the stunt driver for the scene? And he's like, Tom's the best driver we have. Yeah, he's the best stunt driver. We have. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think we kind of there's a bunch of fist pumps. My true one yeah. is is the one you talked about where it was like two thousand dollars two. You get two 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 point two thousand dollars for every kilo, and he's like doing them. He's like, oh shit, you know. I was like, I just, I don't know if it's just because you think about the amount of money 
because like watching narcos you get the same thing where it's like yeah. god the amount of money right that you can make quickly is just unbelievable and that is like i saw i just looked over, like, god, yeah that's crazy <laughs> yeah that's your million dollar door yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, all right, guys. So we're going to keep moving on through the show. We're going to get into star <laughs> profiles, uh, talking a little bit about these guys' careers, where they're at. And I think this will be interesting. We'll start with Domino Gleason because we have a little bit of a game we want to play after with Cruz. So Gleason's a guy that's just totally come out of nowhere. Yeah, um, and, and you just told me before we started that he's Brendan Gleason's son, which is awesome because we love Gleason on the show. I got to interview Brendan Gleason recently. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. He was. I wish I had known that Domino Gleason was his son. I know. I, I'm just... I'm like shocked we both didn't know that till today. I know it's weird. You know? He's one of those guys who's like been in stuff, but I like never really took the time to investigate who he was. And he's been in a lot, a huge amount of big movies the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah, massive, massive couple of years. I mean, Star Wars: The Force Awakens in 2015, The Revenant in 2015, Mother in 2017, 2014. He's or 2015, 2014 or 15. Ex Machina. Yeah, Ex Machina. He's in that. He's also you know obviously in the next Star Wars. Like the yeah. dude is doing phenomenal for himself, and technically, Mother. Uh, was shot after this, yeah. but it came out before, um, which I haven't seen yet, and I really want to. I've heard it's very good. Yeah, I feel like there's at least one other movie that I'm forgetting that he's in that's like a big movie. There is another one. Uh, I can look it up. I I love him. Yeah. I really do, and like I really appreciate someone that is... It's tough because it's like he is the William H. Macy of character actors to like just the straight man. Yeah, You right. know what I mean? Like he, he owns it perfectly and uh, he never distracts and he's always believable. Right. You know? Yeah, totally. Big fan of him. Yeah, he does a great job. Um, and then you got Cruz on the other side of the coin here and that's his most recent movies are Edge of Tomorrow, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, and Jack Reacher Never Go Back. Uh <laughs> Wait. Oh, and, and, the, and the Mummy. The mummy and yeah. The Mummy. The Mummy is the most recent one. We threw Edge of Tomorrow in because we love it. Uh fine you know like rogue nation was great (laughs) i actually really loved rogue nation but the other ones are pretty rough never go back and the mummy were were both struggle buses and and then if if this movie came out and it was not good it could have been really rough on cruz's career yeah i still don't think a lot of people are going to see this movie i think this movie is going to mostly tank yeah Um, i i mean it might make money and it you know it might make money just because the tomato score is high yeah, the tomato score is high, and like it should be. I think this. I mean, it's a little. I think it's too high. I don't, it I would, is definitely way higher than I thought it would be. It's eighty five, right? Yeah, yeah, ninety by the top critics. which yeah, is that's, crazy. That's crazy. So I, that that I don't I don't agree with. This was not a ninety, but this movie was definitely above average and definitely mm-hmm. very fun to watch. And it's also, it's. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess there was a lot of expectation for this movie from us because Cruz doesn't make movies like this very often anymore. Yeah, so I think we I, we, we probably went into it with like high enough expectations to walk out of it, just feeling eh about it. Yeah, like it was fun, it was good, and like it is tough because we 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 definitely tried to curb our enthusiasm a little bit because yeah. it's like it's. How much can Cruz really do in a movie like this? It's not going to be mind-blowing. It's no. not going to be something you've never seen before, but it's going to be something you're going to enjoy watching if you like Cruz. Well, the Rise and Fall drug movies are like, it's a formula now. It's a formula yeah. that's existed for a while, and that formula definitely, like, that formula definitely now has been done enough times that there's a couple ways you can go with it. You know, there's Blow, there's movies like Goodfellas, right. there's movies like American Gangster, the sort of like the rise and fall of crime family or you know whatever like we've seen it enough times and we've seen the you know 
excessive amounts of cocaine and, and money and, and women and whatever it is. Yeah, there's always a rise, there's always a fall. And like they didn't go the traditional dramatic route with this one, where they try mm-hmm. to give you you know 15 years and like the really intense scenes where the wife's finding out. Like they stayed away from all that. They kept it pretty fun. They like really just tried to make it a little bit more of a fun movie. Yeah. And I guess what I think is interesting about it, and one of the reasons that I think this movie might do well, is that a People love that story. That's just a tried and true story that people like to watch. Very entertaining. And you don't have to be very smart to enjoy this movie. They don't no, give you very much. True. Like, I'm, I mean, I, not, and I don't mean and that. it's not an insult to your audience. Yeah, not like if you like this movie, you're dumb. Yeah. More like you can watch this movie and go to the bathroom twice, and it's not going to matter very much. Like, it just won't. You're going to come back. You're going to see some other fun scene of Tom Cruise being charming. Yeah. Getting in trouble with another drug, like, like law enforcement agency. The story is kind of irrelevant. Like, you kind of know everything you need to know from the trailer. For sure. And you can also just, like, again, with movies that come out like this, you can just Wikipedia the, the name and figure out everything about the story. So it's really about how they tell it. Yes. Uh, so you mentioned this in the top of the show, and we were going to talk about Cruz's return since the jumping on the couch phase. Which is like, all right, so guys, if you didn't actually leave or but... listened, you kind of know that we've divided Cruz's career in our minds into a few distinct phases. Mm-hmm. There's the uh, there's the o- opening Cruz phase, which is the very beginning of his career when he breaks on the scene of risky business, and he has his whole run in the late 80s of like really the late 80s and the early 90s. Kind of like a young stud that you see is like, this guy could be something big one day. Yeah, yeah. It's through, it's really through, it's really through like a few good men, I'd say. Like 92, 93, 94, right in there. The, the, basically the 90s is that transition. The, the, the 92 plus to, to 2000. Yeah, I think of usually as Mission Impossible 1 as the transition. When he, when he launches his own production company, he becomes like a global brand. Mm -hmm. So the next phase is like, okay, now I'm a grown ass man. I'm producing my own movies. I'm making action movies, but I'm also trying to win Oscars. So that's like 96 to like 05. And that's right. where you literally have the whole run. You've got Jerry Maguire. You've got Eyes Wide Shut. You've got Magnolia. You've got Minority Report, The Last Samurai. Yep. Um, he does a Mission Impossible 2, Mission Impossible 3. Um, he's in a lot of big movies. Or the he was, worlds even. Yeah. You know, he's the, still trying. He, for that stretch, he's pretty much the biggest star in the world. There's almost nobody out there that was making bigger movies that their movies could make as much money. Mm-hmm. And then the Katie Holmes, Scientology, jumping on the Oprah's couch incident happened and that's 05 so that's the end of phase two then phase three is the kind of like he's like on timeout. and what's really funny about this is we've talked about like how since then it's it's been 12 years since that and so you can think of it as one phase or you can think of it as two phases there's 13 movies since all that happened that mm-hmm. have come out uh really since because we think of mission impossible 3 is still part of that old phase yeah because <clears throat> even though it was afterwards, people still were not ready for him to no, come back. No, it was the first movie that came out after that summer. Yep. So that's why that movie didn't do very well. So it's the next year. It's 2007 forward, right? And so there's 13 <laughs> movies, and now that the body of work is, is big enough, we can get a sense of what Tom Cruise in his 40s and 50s was doing yep. and what he tried to do to sort of rehab his image. And we wanted to go through collectively and rank those 13 movies. So I'm going to start and say you and I both agree... <coughs> the mummy, the mummy is thirteen, right? Yeah, the mummy is by by far and away the worst film that Tom Cruise has ever done. I believe. Yeah, I believe it's about <laughs> as bad as it gets. Uh, I would say number twelve. It has to either be. There's three choices here. You've got Rock of Ages, you've got Lions for Lambs, and you've got Jack Reacher Two: Never Go Back. I think you have to go. Jack Reacher 2, Never Go Back, because even though Lions for Lambs kind of sucks, it's like you know that the performances in there are strong. Yeah, right. And then you actually like Rock of Ages. Well, I just like Cruise in Rock of Ages. Right, right. He's just sweet in that movie, so like it gets a little bit like more of a pass than the others would. But yeah, I'll agree with you. So that's so Mummy, 
Jack Reacher 2 Never Go Back, mm-hmm. Lions for Lambs, Rock of Ages. Yep. Uh, then I would say coming in ninth. Um, Maybe Jack Reacher 1? No, no. I would say Night and Day is worse. Really? Um, I love Night and Day. <laughs> Oblivion's worse. Oh, yeah. Oblivion. Def- I think Oblivion actually is worse than... Um, Night and Day? I definitely think it's worse than Night and Day. So, I, yeah, I would say Oblivion maybe is next. Then I would say 8. I, by the way, I think we've both watched Oblivion now. Did you watch it? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it pretty yeah. recently. It was, it was whatever. It was fine. It was fine. It was like sort of just super generic sci-fi movie. Exactly. It was like it you was guys like, spent way too much money on this. Yeah, way too much money and like I don't know how this guy greenlit. Yeah, well, and also just like people still didn't care. Like they just... At the time Oblivion came out, like audiences like still weren't totally on board with Tom Cruise again. Yeah, and we've already gotten so much of that from like Avatar and the other movies that had come yeah. out prior that it was just like it just felt late and unnecessary. So Oblivion Night and <clears> Day, <throat> and now I think the top seven are all pretty sweet. Um, I would say number seven, so let's see, like Lambs is gone, uh, Night and Day, Rock of Ages, Oblivion. Maybe just maybe Jack now. The first one. The first Jack Reacher, because I think Tropic Thunder is still better, even though it's like an asterisk. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you Reacher's next. That seems fair. I actually kind of like Reacher. It's, I do like Reacher. It's grown on me yeah. over the years. It's grown on me to be like actually kind of sweet. And uh just it's just like it's cuz Cruz is yeah, his lines in there are so good. He's just got really good humor in that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's so, a badass. So Jack Reacher, so so counting down before we get to the actually good movies, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, The Mummy, Jack Reacher 2, Lions for Lambs, Rock of Ages, Oblivion, Night and Day, Jack Reacher 1. I think coming in six, we probably have American Made. Would you agree? <laughs> I was like, I don't have another movie on here. <laughs> yeah, it's American <laughs> Made. That's the one. Yeah, I think it's American <clears throat> Made is sixth. And then I think you go... Tropic Thunder? Tropic Thunder. And so the ones we have left are MI4, MI5, Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, MI4, MI5, Edge of Tomorrow, uh, Valkyrie. Oh, Valkyrie we, we missed. But people like really like Valkyrie. Valkyrie's a good movie. Yeah. I would put Valkyrie at fourth. Okay. Um, I would put Valkyrie at fourth, and then I'm really curious about the one, two, three because I have my one, two, three, and I and my one, two, and three are Edge, five, and four. I agree. Com- oh. uh, it's four and five are like really like neck and neck. They really are, but for me, it's Rebecca Ferguson that really kicks five into the next level. I, I love that movie so much. The airplane stunt and the water stunt. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, the- I'll, I'll give it to you. Okay. So, so I think so. I think it goes Edge of Tomorrow, Mission Impossible Five, Mission Impossible Four, Valkyrie, Tropic Thunder, American Made, Jack Reacher One, Night and Day, Oblivion, Rock of Ages, Lions for Lambs, Jack Reacher Two, and The Mummy. So. Do we see any kind of a transitional cutoff there? Is that two faces or is it one? Um, I think the fact that he's like two of his last three movies are so bad makes me feel like it's the start of a new phase or or the end no, of a, what like, do you think? Well, because like I, what I think is that 07 starts and like you have like Lions for Lambs, <clears throat> you've got you know Valkyries in there obviously, but you've also got um, like you've like a handful of these movies come out in the next like two to three years. The only one in that first stretch that really was great that's like a Tom Cruise movie was Mission Impossible Four. Otherwise, it wasn't really till like 2014 that he started to break back through. Yeah, because Edge was so good. Yeah, but then again, I think if you look at since Edge, like the Mummy sucked, and this Jack movie Richard was, too sucked. Yeah, and this movie was pretty good. I don't think like I think this is this still has to qualify as one phase. I think so because <clears throat> for his next phase to, to like it, for it to change, something needs to happen. Something like big needs to happen. He needs to not just be doing these type of movies. It was, what it's what it's missing is the surprising dramatic role that he yes. that wins that gets the Oscar nomination. Yes, which he, we they, really need. Yeah, the Oscar nom is like the next that's like the missing cruise like piece. It's like him deciding, all right, I've done enough actioners. I need to like take a couple years to make some some choices as an actor that are going to actually get people to pay attention to me. Again, I really want to see him as like the broken hero. 
I really do. Because in Last Samurai, you get a glimpse of it. And he's so good in that movie. That movie is so good. Um, I, I just want to see him. <clears throat> I said at the top of the show, I want to see like a grizzled cruise. Broken hero. I think he could do it. I, do, I think, he totally could. Yeah, and, and and I think he will do it. Is the most important part of that. I think I just think what your thesis is probably why he hasn't. He just still looks too goddamn young. <laughs> He's ageless. Yeah, he just needs to stop like praying to Zenu. Yeah, whatever. whatever it is that he's doing. <laughs> um, this is interesting. So we're gonna get into production development here, and I pulled this this uh, this segment from our second episode ever. Oh, because Edge, of, Edge tomorrow. of Tomorrow, featuring the lovely Roxy Stryer <laughs> and your yes, pistons. and my sweat. I sweat horribly. Um, so I'm just going to read it, because I think it's interesting to see how much has changed over the last two years. Yeah. You know? Directed by Doug Lyman, a gritty action director who prefers p- past pace and character-driven comedy elements mixed into his action. Lyman achieved notoriety in 96 for the cult classic Swingers. His first big-budget action success came in 2002 with Born Identity, a film that <clears throat> plays at the height of his intelligence as an action director. Since then, he's been given bigger budgets and A-list stars to mostly commercial success. Though the intensity and intelligence of his films have suffered slightly from a critical standpoint at that time, Lyman has spent the majority of his career associated with Hypnotic Production, a varied company responsible for many <clears throat> projects including the first two Borns, the first season of The O.C., Jumper, and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. His next announced film is Mena, a film about a pilot who lands work for the CIA as a drug runner in the deep south of Mexico during the 1980s. Cruise headlines with no other major A-list actors, which is funny because Domin Hall Gleason is now an A-list actor for the most part. Yeah. Um, and then it says, will this be his return to critical relevance? And I just think it's so cool to do that because yeah. it's very rare that we go back and look at the old outlines and like how we used to present things. And, yeah. like, and it's also cool to be like, his next thing is coming out with Cruise in a couple years. And it's like, yeah. here we are. I know. And it's funny. It's <clears> also <throat> funny like that this is clearly written by one of us. Yeah. It's like we actually like went through and wrote our own synopsis, which is so much of the time now. It's we just copy and paste from like some other place to just like make because like a lot of what we talk about now is people we talked about before. So you just want sure. the cliff notes to be able to. It's just funny. Like this is clearly just written. It's like a piece. Written yeah, by it's one a of piece us. written by us to like not <laughs> recite on air, but like to know pretty well so that you can get through it. It's just things have changed. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, yeah, so that's so Doug Lyman uh, directed this movie, and Lyman, as we said here, I mean, he broke through with Swingers. That's the movie that he like originally got famous with, mm-hmm. um, and then he just has sort of done like, yeah, I mean, his tone, his style is definitely kind of this. It's like funny and quirky mm-hmm. and action packed, and the stakes never feel that high. Born Identity is a little bit more. I think that's kind of out, that's like not the norm for him. Which is so interesting because that's his my favorite movie of his. It's his I most think. famous. Movie. Yeah, and it's just it's so good, and he's so good at not doing any of that comedy. It's like yeah. I wish he could have mixed the two worlds just a little bit. Yeah, because you do look at the movies that he's made since, and they're just like mostly very lighthearted. Jumper is so bad. I hate that movie. <laughs> Jumper. Yeah, that's I, the I think I watched it once. Hayden Christensen. Yeah, Rachel Bilson. They like jump through. Diane Lane's the mom, maybe. <laughs> Diane Lane, Kristen Stewart. Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah, it's uh, he's just he, he's a fun director, and he it's nice to see that he's worked twice with Cruise now. Um, he's also attached to a movie called Luna Park, um, oh, yeah. which is like about a moon landing, some mission or something in Cruise and Lyman. And my friend uh, Jason actually is working on the script for it. Uh, Fuchs. Yeah, Jason Fuchs, exactly. Or he was working on the script. I don't think he is anymore. Uh, he's uh, still on there as a credited writer. Is he? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, this movie, though, was written by Gary Spinelli. Um, Gary Spinelli has, like, two... He's a very new writer. He's got, I think, uh, four credits to his name, and the first thing he ever did was uh, Stash House. Yeah, from that, 2012, I think. Was that with Dolph? Is that Dolph? I don't know. It is. 
<laughs> Sean Ferris, Brianna Evigan, and Dolph Lundgren are the top three build people. So do you remember? Really a big, do you remember big Sean Ferris? Isn't he the guy who like he's from Never Back Down and he looked like Tom Cruise? Oh my God, he is right. That is him. I was like, who the hell is this guy? I know this guy. That's that's really funny. He was like, a, he was one of those guys, one of those faces ten years ago. Yeah, and he just he right? just didn't do it. I think he was one of those guys. He who was, was an up and go for sure. You look at his credits, and he was doing a lot. Yeah, and it just, I mean, it's one of those things. He just, he's just not a very good actor, unfortunately. Yeah. Do you think that's the reason with a guy like that? Do you think that's what happens? Do you think it's that they're not good actors? Do you think it's it's a more of a question of like good decisions, bad decisions, relationships, <laughs> opportunities? Oh yeah, I, could, I mean, I definitely think it's some of that too. And I don't think it's always acting, but I, I do think it might be. A little bit of that movie star charisma we talk about because yeah. the type of guy that he was supposed to be right needed to be oozing movie star charisma and he was not yeah it is good but it is really interesting it's like even if you want to be a character actor but you're super handsome and chiseled mm-hmm. you like don't really get the opportunity to play those roles like there's there's people that like get to play those roles because they they look like the character that you want yeah. them you know it's like it, the the old days of you know Dustin Hoffman and Gene Hackman and these guys who weren't traditionally super handsome they were kind of weird looking dudes who like right. just were very charismatic and super talented becoming like a listers who could lead movies it's like those days don't really exist much anymore like I feel like that I don't feel like you don't see the strictly character actors become a list top bill talents as much anymore yeah that's true it is more rare and PSH was really one of the greatest examples ever of that because he was. Not a very attractive man. He was no. not in great shape. And he no. was just the best at every role that he was given. Yeah, but even like PSH by the time he died, I don't think you could put PSH at the top of him. I mean, you, I know you couldn't because a lot of the movies that he was making in his final year is like God's Pocket. And, and like, uh, Inherent by, or I mean The Master. The Master and then that other movie, um, uh, what the hell was it called? A Most a most Interesting Man or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, A Most yeah. Wanted Man, <clears throat> it was called. Something like that, yeah. Those were all his last movies and like no people weren't seeing those movies. Yeah, they, and even when he won his Oscar, it's not like everyone was going out to see Capote because it was Philip Seymour Hoffman. No. It was, you know. Whereas like in his day... In, in their days, those guys I'm talking about, they truly could sell the movie. Yeah. You put Gene Hackman at the top of the bill and, like, that movie would sell. Yeah. And it's interesting to see that that's sort of... Time has changed, you know? Yeah. People, like, don't have the patience anymore <clears throat> or something. Uh, Gary Spinelli is also working on a new movie coming out called Chaos Walking. It sounds super interesting. A dystopian world where there are no women and all living creatures can hear each, other, each other's thoughts in a stream of images, words, and sounds called noise. Hmm. And the people starring it are Daisy Ridley, Tom Holland, and Mads Mikkelsen. 2019 it should be sweet. Sounds like sounds a sweet like a guest. really cool movie. Um, he also wrote one episode of uh, the TV show or TV series Impulse. So no. good for him. I mean, I'm. It's interesting that Stash House is the first thing he did in 2012. It's like a B, or not even like a C movie, and then five years later he gets this massive movie. Yeah, I mean, you have to think that the <clears throat> script probably kicked around. Um, I don't know much about the development of the script on this film, but I. I know that there were two uh, Barry Seal movies being written at once. Mm. I know that it was a story that a couple, a couple different people wanted to tell, uh, and I think there was at least two scripts like circulating. This was the one that got picked up. Um, so yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it was just like subject matter, and this yeah. guy knew someone. He was like, "All right, I'll take a crack at writing the script," as opposed to like this was his genius project for ten years that finally got made, kind of a thing. 
Yeah, yeah, and it makes sense with just Narcos and like the popularity of that. That a movie like this would be like, oh yeah, I'll go watch that. I'm yeah, kind right. of, I'm interested in that thing. Yeah, it always makes me <clears> curious <throat> to, to think about this. You and I talk about this all the time, writing something. But it's like I don't really write, but I love movies, and yeah. we like break movies down so often. You're an actor, so like there's a real understanding of character and story. And I do wonder sometimes if if you were to just like write a script for a movie with like vir- virtually no training, and I'm sure you do the research, you'd mm-hmm. read some books, and you you know try to understand story, but like. If you were going to write a story, you'd be like, all right, what should we write it about? Because like this thing's going on right now, so this seems like right. a reasonable thing to write it about. Let's do the research. Let's write it. If you just like knew the right person, could you just get your movie made? I think so. Yeah, you know what I, I think mean? so, because I feel like that happens. All the time. You know, like Oblivion might be that. Yeah, right. You know? It's so, it's so bizarre to me that that's like sort of how it works. Like there's all this, there's all this um, kind of projection attached to what is great and what is not and what makes things great. And certainly people whose bodies of work... You know, when you read somebody, he's a playwright and he was an actor. Right, you know, right. Like Kenneth Branagh. Like, yeah. people like that were like, all right, yeah, obviously. It makes sense. Anything yeah. you touch will probably be good because you understand this stuff so completely yes. and you're so committed. <clears throat> but then there's just those people who, like, they were around and they wrote one thing and it was, like, some short on Comedy Central. And then they and then they're a co-writer on some, on some Seth Rogen movie. And then right. the next thing they write happens to be this big dramatic thing. And you're like, oh, weird. That's a strange path, but you just got there. Yeah, and it's – yeah, exactly. And you wonder – you wonder how it goes about. Like, I wish I could watch the whole process and yeah. just see every little thing that happens that makes a movie. Um, but no matter how much research you do, unless you're really there, you don't you don't really know exactly how it or why it happens. Right? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so yeah, the producers on the film, uh, a lot of these, a lot of these guys are people that have worked with Cruz in the past. Brian Grazer obviously works with Ron Howard. He's the biggest mm-hmm. name on there. Otherwise, Brian Oliver, Tyler Thompson, Doug Davison, and Kim Roth. Um, varied credits, nothing super, super significant. We don't have any you know, powerhouse heavy hitter names yeah. on there. <clears throat> Grazer's the biggest name. You know what I thought was really interesting when you were just saying that is Alan Ball is someone that kind of makes me think of that, the, the writer, writer of uh, American Beauty. Yeah. Because he wrote American Beauty. He wins an Oscar for it. It's basically the only big feature he ever wrote, and he never did anything after that. What was the show? Was it Empire Falls or something? Or or, or no, was it Angels in America? Which was the uh, one that he wrote right after? Let me see here. So he did Six Feet Under. Yeah, Six Feet which Under was huge. Was, People loved that yeah, show. that's what it was. And then he, he didn't do like a miniseries? It was just Six Feet Under? Uh, so he did, so his actual credits, like if I'm we're just going through them, was Grace Under Fire, then yep. Sybil, TV series both, yep. and then American Beauty, and then Oh Grow Up, another TV series, a short called The M Word, Six Feet Under, and then 20, or 2007 he did Towelhead. Hmm. Uh, he did a couple episodes of True Blood, or he did a lot of episodes of True Blood. He created True Blood. That that would explain it. Got uh, it. And then Virtuoso, which I don't know okay. what that is. So, yeah, I was thinking of Six Feet Under. So, yeah, he's one of those guys. I mean, but it's just so interesting because it's like one of the greatest scripts ever written in film still holds up today and he hasn't made another good movie. American Beauty? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. know. I know. It is It is funny, man. But that's like we talked about that a lot with uh, Road to Perdition, like talking about Mendez. Yeah. Just it's yeah, the early success. It's hard to it's hard to stand, you know, to stack back up. Yeah. So uh, getting into the critical and box office of this movie, it's interesting. We don't have a lot of box office because it's not recorded yet because it's only been out for, you know, 12 hours. Uh, but what I do know is that it was produced by Universal. It cost $80 million to make. It was released today, September 29th, or yesterday. What is today? The 30th? 29th? That's today. Um, and it grossed $59 million worldwide already. It's been out for a few weeks in other parts of the country, Australia, yeah. I know, in the UK. Um, that's cool. $59 million seems like a pretty good return on a movie that hasn't even released in the States yet. It's, it's already made most of its budget back. Yeah, I mean, like everybody on our, like half people in our fan group had seen this already in different countries. Yeah, yeah, that's true, which is interesting because one of the big problems about doing movies early is that you guys don't get to see a lot of them. Uh, 
but honestly, as our fan group grows and they are all over the world, yeah, it, it works. Yeah, um, that's so cool. Critically, this is super interesting because this is what we were talking about. IMDb gives it a 7.3, which feels right. Yeah. I'll say that feels right. But then Rotten Tomatoes, all the critics, all critics give it 84, and top critics give it a 90, and there isn't an audience score yet. Yeah, I mean, top critics giving this movie a 90 is crazy. And again, like we've talked about this, that just means 9 out of 10 critics enjoyed the film. That still shocks me. Well, you know, I I do think that there's... um, this relates this is just my contention but i think this relates to what we were talking about where we we're watching the movie and you're sort of like you recognize while you're watching it no matter how you feel about him the blue chip nature of tom cruise right you just know it while you're watching the movie and you're watching it and you're like it's kind of like watching a prize fighter in the late, like the latter half of their career or or a quarterback in their late 30s and you're like occasionally they'll have a great game where all the old things, all the old tricks show up. But the older they get and the less powerful they are, the more often you see the cracks and you see the age. Right. And that's what the last few years for Tom Cruise has felt like. It's Even though he returned to form a little bit with a few movies, it's also like one of the greatest stars of all time is just kind of like not... He just doesn't... He's not... He's not like shiny anymore like he used to be. He's yeah. like still he still has like some glimmer, but he's not just like bright in the little, way that he wants to A little tarnished, was. yeah. And it's like he... Uh, he also, it's like when you watch athletes and it's like, he's just, he doesn't seem like he's in the zone. So what I was going to say is that I think the people that are, that are giving those reviews, the top critics, the ones that have been reviewing movies for our friend, Drew McQueenie, people like that. Who he's like not this. my friend. <laughs> he's my enemy until the match. Um, the, uh, people like that, I, I just think like they recognize, I actually re- uh, read McQueenie's review of this movie. It's one of the ones oh, yeah. that I read. Yeah, it was on um, Tracking Board. It was on Snyder's website. That dude's so cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, but What did you think of his review? It was really good. It was good, yeah. Yeah, he talks about uh, one of the, the great pleasures of the movie is watching the uh, the, the movie star charisma or the, the, the confidence uh, get just like beaten up over and over again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just like knocked down. But I guess what I was going to say is I, I do think the people that are writing those reviews are so hyper aware of Tom Cruise as a star that even if they don't like him, it's hard to not watch and be like, well, I'm at least getting something that's pretty good from Tom Cruise, and I haven't gotten that in a long time, right. so I'm going to give this a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's and it, like like we both said numerous times, it is an enjoyable enough movie, Yeah. but uh, that's when you see a 90, and if you don't know how those scores are compiled, you're like, wow, this is going to be incredible, but it's like, no, you're. it just means that 9 out of 10 people enjoyed it. The movie's going to make a bunch of money. Yeah, for sure, and it'll, and it'll live on as a, as a good Cruise movie. Um but 90 just seems a little high for me. So before we get into favorite line, I want to talk a little bit about the segment that you talked about at the top of the show in which that Tom Cruise has transcended sexuality. And this is not a this is not something that we just throw around, okay? This isn't like a hypothesis. This is like a proven thesis yeah. in our lives. And it's <laughs> so our lives. in our lives. And it's so interesting because he keeps getting paired along beautiful, beautiful women. So let's go back and think. We got Sophia Batella. Yeah. In the Mummy, you got uh, Sarah Wright in this movie, yeah. and Jack Reacher. Never go back. Was there? Did he have a love the interest? Second one? Uh, it, yeah, it's it's Colby Smulders. Oh yeah, Colby Smulders. And then we got um, Rogue Nation is Rebecca Ferguson. Rosam- you, got, you got Rosamund Pike in the first Jack Reacher. You've got Cameron Diaz in Night and Day. You got uh, in Edge of Tomorrow Emily Blunt, and they never even have a moment really, other than no. you know. And so it's it's so interesting. So our point behind this is you got an A list movie star, yeah, that is not sexy. It's no. not a sexy thing about Cruise. Look, Tom, you could go back to the beginning of Tom Cruise's career. And, and he was can, sexy at one point, right? Kind of. You can still find, like, like we talked about this. Yeah, that's true. He's we never that. We talked about this in Top Gun. 
I just don't want everyone to know that I'm falling for you, Maverick. Yeah! Like, <laughs> and you just, like, you're, like, watching and you're like... Come on, Kelly. You're just like, I don't believe that you guys are going to get it on. Tom Cruise looks so much happier playing volleyball than he does like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's totally true. And, like, with his smoking hot wife in this movie, like... It just feels, it felt very much like a Hollywood couple. I felt like the, the her in this movie was like, I didn't get it. Like, I just on every level didn't understand it. I was like, okay, first of all, no one did anything to make her feel anything other than 28 years old the whole movie. Yeah, totally. Until she, the very end. She's like, super hot. Great body. Didn't come from anywhere. She's like, if you look her up, she, she's been in a bunch of stuff, but she's like, not someone who you're like, oh, I saw her in that thing. Mm-hmm. She's like, <laughs> you're like, oh, she was... You're, you're like, oh, she was in the house bunny. Like, no, no, no. She's she's like not a somebody. She's 34 years old and she like, this Which is her. Is, it's funny because I actually have seen this woman a lot and I I didn't realize that her career was as uh, lackluster as, as you're describing. Yeah. I, I, her in this movie was like huh. one of the ultimate sort of like, okay, this actually feels like 54-year-old Tom Cruise has cast a significantly younger, super hot woman, and there is zero sexual tension or chemistry between the two of them for right. any moment in the Ever. whole movie. And it's like that in almost everything he's in. I do think if you go back to, like, the 90s, like, I think, man, what a weird career this girl has had. She looks like she's supposed to blow up numerous times, and she just never did. I think there's, uh, I think there's more stuff in the earlier part of his career where he's, like, having a romantic moment. I was saying to you last night, I think that it's funny, like, he his most successful... With Renee Zellweger and Jerry Maguire, he loves the boy because he loves the son. <laughs> yeah. Because like it's because it's like a it's it's a fake because it's, it's like a fake relationship, which is exactly what he's good at doing <laughs> yeah. or like portraying. But the problem is, you want real relationships. Yeah, it's so weird. Like they're the age old the age old rumor that goes around Hollywood that Tom Cruise is gay. And people say it, and yeah. people say it. Insiders will say it with certainty. Yeah, I always tell them like you're wrong. I just don't believe you. You like you don't know Tom Cruise. <laughs> he's not gay. He's just asexual. Well, like okay. <laughs> To be totally fair, if Tom Cruise were gay, if he actually was, like, if it wouldn't was, surprise you, right? Go with go with God, man. Do, yeah. do you? You do you. Like, it's uh, no judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess what I say is that when people say it to me, I'm just like, he's just a gigantic movie star. So, like, I don't believe that you know that about him. Right. I, I don't believe that you know that to be actually true. Yeah, I don't that, know. I don't believe your story. That person that told you their story. I also don't care. I care about Tom Cruise, the guy that's in movies, not his personal life. Totally, and that was a moment that we had to get past doing the show for so long. Is like, how long are you really going to hold that over his head that he jumped on a couch and he's like, he's in Scientology. And he's a weird dude. And he's a weird dude. <laughs> but that's not, a lot of dudes are weird. I mean, Marlon Brando is known as being one of the biggest assholes to work with at the end of his career that was just yeah. completely out there. Yeah. He's also one of the greatest, most respected actors ever. You were watching the trailer for last time for the Miles Teller movie, and you were like, I heard that guy sucks. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're like, God, you get famous, you can just suck. You can just suck. (laughs) You just can. You can just be a dick, because Miles Teller is a great actor, and I really like him. (laughs) Yeah. And I've heard the same thing about Tom Hardy from friends of ours that have worked with him personally, and he's apologized to every director he's worked with other than Nolan since uh, he started starring in movies. Yeah. Because he's like, this movie's going to fucking suck. Yeah. And then it comes out, and he's like, wow, that was really good. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. You know? But, um, so... Favorite line? Uh, I think probably. I always have a hard time with favorite line when um, when movies like this. No, like when we, when the movie first comes out. Oh yeah, because it's, it's hard to be on your phone and it's just difficult to watch <clears throat> the movie and like remember and and like the. But there are, certainly are some moments. I, t- I think it's probably the one that we talked about when he's like, "I'm gonna call it I A C," and she's like, "What does that stand for?" And he like says it. She's like, 
Well, that sounds made up, Barry. Yeah, yeah, which is my favorite. Which is my favorite. Like, well, that sounds fucking made up, Barry. And you're just like, yes, it does, and that's a great delivery. And yeah, yeah, it's it's those type of things. I mean, there's there's probably lines in it that have like a little more depth to them. Yeah, but those are the type of lines that when you watch, it, you're just like, yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Uh, and Lyman like is fascinated with like just like those kind that kind of humor. It like it just percolates his movies. Yeah. Oh, hey, real quick, should we? Um, I do want to hear what your guys' opinion are on the ranking of his movies. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good plan um, on, on the 13 films in question. So starting in 2007 with Lions for Lambs and going through the last film that's come out, which is just those 13 movies. If you guys want to submit your list on the Action Movie Anatomy fan page. Yeah. Um, and again, I said this last week, guys, and it's the first time in two years I'd mentioned it, but uh, it, it is very helpful if you guys like <laughs> and comment on the video. Well, it's the first time I'd said it. I know, it's just so funny because we used to say this a lot. And then I looked and we had more likes and comments on the video than normal. Yeah, we did. There's a lot of comments. On the last one. Yeah. And people were like commenting. And like, I just want to let you guys know, those of you that did it, please do it again. It was so awesome. We read every single one of them. Yeah. And also, most importantly, guys, I mentioned it, but the SEO of YouTube, the way it uh, prioritizes new videos now is that if there are more likes and comments, the video gets pushed higher and more people find it. Old videos that have a lot of views don't have the same priority in the SEO anymore where if you like, and that stands for search engine, search engine optimization. (laughs) I was going to tell you people, but, uh, and it means that, like, just because our old video on, you know, Jack Reacher 1 or whatever has, like, 700,000 hits, when somebody looks up Jack Reacher, it's going to prioritize the newer content with more interaction. Yeah. So if you guys comment and you like and everything on the video, people will find it. And that will help us stay high in the standings and keep giving you guys free content. So yeah, please get do m- more people in the chat for you guys to talk to while we and us to talk to while we're doing it, except yes. for today. But most importantly, guys, <clears throat> uh, go ahead and, and, and post your 13 movies, your ranked Tom Cruise films since Lines for Lambs in the Facebook fan page or leave them in the comments here. Um, yeah, so I guess that really brings us down to just the last thing, which is the categories. Yeah, there's three action movie categories. This is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. The three action movie categories are totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. Totally legit movies are like, uh, you know, The Fugitive and Lone Survivor, Gladiator. Or Gladiator. Totally ridiculous movies like Con Air, Face Off, uh, Demolition Man. Really, just like silly. That you like really laugh, but they're great. They're fun, but yeah. they're just very silly. And then ridiculously legitimate, which is. The middle category. This movies like Predator, The Rock, The Rock, yeah, John Wick. Mm-hmm. Um, they oh, yeah. they hold together. They're driven by like at least one really strong characteristic. Maybe it's a really great performance. Maybe the stakes are awesome. Maybe the acting is great. Just all throughout the movie, whatever. There's some reason that you feel like it's more legitimate. But you know, you do kind of chuckle unintentionally a few times <laughs> here and there. Uh, this is interesting. I'm going to jump in first, and I'm going to say that this is <clears throat> totally ridiculous. Yeah. And the reason I'm going to say that is because of the wife because of how young Cruz looks because of how much charisma he has. Yeah. Cause like I went and read about, um, the actual guy yeah. and like saw his pictures and stuff. Yeah. And like, this is just such a Hollywoodized version of that story. And it's yeah. not even about the real story. It's just about kind of being Hollywood in it, which yeah. I really don't think that the real Barry was that cool. No, he was probably like pretty confident in certain situations, but you look at pictures of him and it's like, there's a reason they picked him. Yeah. He's just kind of like an inconspicuous white dude that doesn't look like he'd cause problems, and yeah, he's probably right. not that entertaining. Whereas, like, if he acted like this, yeah. <laughs> always calling attention everywhere he goes and it's cool, yeah. it just wouldn't work. So, yeah, right. <clears throat> even though I really enjoyed this movie, it just it's just totally ridiculous to I me. I think I totally agree with you. I, I, I was thinking the same thing. I can't justify this movie being the middle category because as compelling as Cruz's performance is, I also think, like, sometimes movies want to be totally ridiculous Mm -hmm. and sometimes they go for this campy totally ridiculous feel like snakes on a plane or something 
this doesn't, I don't think it quite goes that far, but I don't think that it has any illusions that it's anything other than just like a, a romp. That's like what the reviews would call it. A romp. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's just fun. It's fun and it's funny and it's quirky and Cruz is great, but he's not really asked to give much more than he gives, which is I think kind of why it feels how it feels. So I would agree with you. I think it's, I think it's totally ridiculous. Yeah. And it's not, it's definitely one of those ones where we say totally ridiculous and it's, it's awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I was watching the, uh, uh, Collider did an interview with um, with Frosty. He's uh, one of their reporters uh, with Lyman and Cruz for the junket for this movie. Oh, okay. Um, and I was immediately jealous. Yeah, of it course was, you were. It was posted on our page here. Uh, one of the one of the watchers of the show, and uh, they're talking about they're talking about the real Barry Seal, and that like a lot of it's like Hollywoodized, but that also there's a lot of just ridiculous situations. That there's like a picture of of like a, of the real Barry Seal in like a Colombian prison with his wife cutting a birthday cake with a machete and and like <laughs> and it's a real picture right and do you think that's just because he's kind of dumb i don't know like i think it's i think it was just the life that he lived for yeah. a while there and it's like you feel like he, he is just kind of a little oblivious and a little stupid because the way that he gets killed at the end is because he gets a picture taken of him yeah right you know and it's it's like it's almost the same thing that happened to um uh, oh man why can't i remember his name right now uh american gangster dude. yeah yeah, yeah. um frank white is that his name <clears throat> i think so but the other guy that he like he was on the cover of Time, Nikki Nikki Barnes. Nikki I, Barnes. Can't remember. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Okay. So totally ridiculous. Have you seen the trailer for Gotti? By the way, did you watch it? No. It's look the, good. Uh, it's the John Gotti story, but it stars Travolta as Gotti. Oh, does it look good or does it look ridiculous? It looks like kind of sweet. Yeah. It looks. It's okay. So it's directed by um, by uh, fuck. What's his name? Uh, e from Entourage. Peter, oh, it is Peter. Uh, I can't remember his name. I'm just like, yeah, I'm having a blank moment right now. <laughs> we don't do this on Fridays, yeah. really, okay? <laughs> uh, I know that guy's name. I can't believe that. Uh, Kevin uh, Connolly. Kevin, Kevin Connolly. Yep. Yeah, yep, Kevin yep. Connolly is directing it, and um, which is which is awesome and funny all at the same time. And um, Travolta has got he looks looks pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. So uh, just yeah, just a quick plug. Anyway, guys, uh, there's only one last thing left to do on the show this week, and that's going to be called the pitch. Wow. Uh, so. I think... I wish we could do the snowman. <laughs> do you know what I think we're going to do? I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah? Yeah, but go ahead. The Foreigner? Oh, really? I think That's so. not at all what I thought you were going to say. What did you think? Uh, I don't want to say it because it's going to come in the future. Okay, yeah. yeah um, I'm pretty sure we're doing The Foreigner. Dude, are you are you serious? <laughs> yes! <laughs> I'm so excited. The movie looks awesome. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to look up the release date here just to make 100% sure, but this is going to get released... On Wednesday, which is uh, well, the third or something yeah. like that, the third or fourth, and the foreigner opens on the fifth. Looking, looking, where is it? I work for the government. <laughs> I don't work for terrorists. <laughs> I don't want any trouble. Uh, October thirteenth is when it opens. Oh, okay, so it won't be the next episode, but uh, it'll be it'll be quickly down the road. Yes, it would be one one. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> yes, it'll be one more week out. So uh, we'll come up with something to fill the space between the two movies. But we will be doing the foreigner starring Jackie Chan. Yes, I maybe don't, I don't want any trouble. And then he just pulls like thirteen kills moves. everybody. Yeah, it's <laughs> amazing. Uh, grew up watching Rumble in the Bronx, like. Chan is a true legend and a hero of mine. So. Maybe we should do. You know what we should maybe do? A Jackie Chan movie, right? Maybe like like Rumble in the Bronx or Super Cop. Yeah. Who am I? <laughs> Dude, Rumble in the Bronx was intense as a kid. I yeah. remember there's some pretty gnarly shit in there. Like when he gets in the alley and he's all like, "Yeah, I, I saw I saw like the, those two and one other in the theaters uh, growing up with my dad. He loved Jackie Chan because he's a martial artist. Um, my mom did too. It was the the only R rated movies I could watch as a kid were martial yeah. arts movies. Yeah, yeah. I, I think his uh, I think his most famous 
actual movie like that is impressive to people i think it's drunken master legend of drunken master uh, dude it's the tuxedo yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah rush hour yeah i think i think the legend of drunken master and i think rumble in the bronx are the two biggest ones yeah well i mean and rush hours is most yeah obviously that but that's not i don't think we want to do rush hour no we do not want to do rush hour do you understand the words coming, coming out of my mouth, mouth? i'm racist <laughs> and so are you uh sweet well we'll figure out maybe we'll throw up a poll of jackie chan movies of your guys's favorites what's his character's name in that movie su lin or su young or something uh that's the girl the girl that they're going after su young Oh, really? Yeah, his name is... Uh, I don't think it really matters. You've probably seen... You've seen Rush Hour. I feel like you've seen Rush Hour a lot of times. I I, I loved Rush Hour as a kid. <laughs> I really did. I like liked it. I enjoyed it so much. Um, we all did. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, You're a racist. <laughs> I'm a racist. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we'll throw up a poll of some Jackie Chan movies unless we decide on one for you guys to, to watch next week. And uh, yeah, man. Yeah, sweet. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for watching. Uh, you know, thanks for being patient with the pre-tape. And as always... Comment, like, subscribe, all the things. Follow us on Twitter, Ben Bateman Media. Andrew Guy. See you guys next week. Bye. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. Views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 